Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. That's right. You are listening to the Above180.com podcast. Co-host Tim Berg here along with Joey Serrar. Joey, how are things going today? Uh, things are going good. I mean, the, the, the season is not uh, the, the early rush hasn't been winding down completely, but uh, September has been a good start in the Milwaukee area. I mean, bowlers are psyched after a, a, an enjoyable, beautiful summer we had. Uh, they're ready to get back into the swing of things. Uh, you know, every day is filled with new challenges, new excitements. You know, what's new? What can I do to help my game? You know, what will this pitch do for my release? You know, my ball's not reacting. What can I do to change that ball rather than buying a new one? I mean, it, it's unending, but I love it. Exactly. Same thing here. Things are getting rolling. Uh, second week of league for me this week at my Bowl America Competitive Doubles Shirley League. Uh, struggled a little bit this week, though. Uh, they There were some issues with the oiling pattern. We, we don't believe we were bowling on Highway to Hell. Uh, in fact, we believe we're bowling on a, a, a house pattern. So you think, oh, great, 720, right? Uh, five, <laughs> 578 with three opens and one of them being a missed 10 pin. So struggled a little bit as did a bunch of other people. So again, just in case people are maybe new to the podcast, just just tuning in, you, you've been drilling balls for over 30 years, which is really where, where we think this podcast is going to be able to help some people gain some knowledge and, and help take the bowler to that next level. Well, I mean, that's our goal. And uh, I mean, I've always been a sponge for information and, you know, I've been drilling since 73 and I don't really take it lightly. I take that as my serious profession, and and bowling is a secondary hobby. Uh, so again, I've really been into the integral parts of what makes a ball fit a hand properly, uh, what makes a hand or a ball release the hand properly, uh, what can we do to change ball dynamics with drilling layouts, surface changes, and 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 that's basically what we I want to share in this broadcast. And again, I'm not an expert on this, but I've. I've got enough knowledge and I've spoken to enough real goody, uh, you know, real ball design experts such as Mo Pinnell, Steve Klemkin, uh, Ron Hicklin from Ebonite, Eric Thomas of 900 Global. And, and these people have been kind enough to share their wisdom with me, which through the ball testing, I mean, I've accumulated more and more as time has passed. Great. And let's also be clear, Joey, you, you test balls for the Boulder Journal magazine. So you are not on a, a staff, though. So we are not going to hear you, you shilling for one particular ball or one particular company, correct? Exactly. And I've been asked to be on ball staffs. And, you know, it was tempting. But, you know, with the Boulder Journal gig, uh, the, the last thing I need to do is affiliate myself, you know, closely with another company. And I want to stay impartial. And, and what I've learned over the last four years of the testing, all the companies make good products. Some companies have histories of cover stocks that have a little more longevity. Uh, some companies, uh, their tendencies can be a little more even arcing with all their product line. Whereas, you know, the other companies have balls that have a wider range of ball motion, which can possibly satisfy a wider range of player. Great, Joey. Well, let's begin. Today, we're going to start out, we're going to talk about coaching and video, which I know is very, uh, something that really does separate that 
person who's averaging 180 to that person who wants to take it to the next level because a lot of times people don't see themselves on tape. And I know for me, as an example, I've gone to two or three different coaches. Most of them have been very good. I have been able to take information out of each of the lessons from the coaches that I've received. The one question, though, I have, Joey, is could you maybe explain how important it is for, for a bowler, You know, even if you're your, your house bowler, that averages 185, you know, even 190, and you're thinking, what do I need to go to a coach for? Well, you know, we can simply ask ourselves, why do professional athletes have coaches or, let's say, confidants that watch their game closely? And, and I mean, PBA players, basketball players, baseball players, you know, they have pitching coaches, batting coaches, yet these so-called athletes are professionals. Why do they need that second opinion? It's an extra set of eyes, Tim. Uh, just like when I do lessons or, or some of my customers who are silver certified do lessons, videotape is integral part of learning how to correct mistakes. I agree completely. And I, I, like I mentioned, I've, I've been going to a guy in Pennsylvania now for lessons on and off over the last year and a half. And every time I, I go up there and visit him, I come away with something new to the to my game that I need to work on. Now, the only problem that I run into, at least, when I go up there, we'll go over what we want to work on, and I'll take it back to my home center, to my practice center, obviously not during league, and I try to work on those things, and it's really hard to tell if I'm doing what we're trying to implement or what I'm trying to do properly. So what's a tip that me and and, and anyone else who goes to a coach could so they would know what they're doing is, is working? Right, and I'll tell you, one of the most important things I can, I can relay here is, you know, say you're given three or four things in your game that need attention, okay? But from hand position, push away, timing, hand at release point, you need to work at one element at a time. And, and that's so important, because if we try to do two things at once, it makes it near impossible, at least to try and correct two elements of your game at the same time. So you work on one element at a time, and it has to be in the proper sequence. Very good advice. Joey, one thing, like you mentioned, there's, there's a three levels of coaching. There's a bronze, silver, and gold coaching. How can a bowler who is maybe new to an area, maybe has been in the area for 10 years, and have just maybe seen the flyer at their local, local center regarding a coach, how can you distinguish between a good coach? Right. Well, I mean, finding a good coach is like finding a good barber, finding a good ball driller. I mean, it's, it's trial and error to a certain extent. And just because a coach is silver or gold level certified doesn't necessarily mean he's going to help your game as effectively as, say, a bronze level coach. So, again, I think that the individual needs to just, you know, communicate closely with, with different coaches, talk to them, see if they seem to have a concern for your game, and, 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 and word of mouth as well. You know, you talk to your friends who've had help from certain individuals, but there's no guarantee, Tim. And, you know, and getting back to that other question about how you can work on things that you've been given advice from a coach, you know, other than doing one thing at a time, I wanted to mention videotaping yourself can be invaluable as well. You just... You just put a video camera on a tripod behind yourself, and then you can watch the tape again and again and in slow motion and frame by frame and see if you actually are correcting the elements that your coach felt needs attention. Joey, I know uh, we've been talking. When is a good time to be coached? Everyone's just probably getting back into the swing of things. You know, everyone thinks, I better get some coaching. My, my game is, is in, a, in a mess right now, you know, and I think it's good to be videotaped when you're throwing the ball at your peak so you have a baseline to compare it to 
And and again, when you're throwing the ball great and and you've got that that mojo going, you want that saved on on video so you can compare when your game does you know lose its timing or rhythm or, or release position, and and it's easy to do a side by side comparison and compare. And and sometimes you go, oh boy, there's there's what I was doing differently. I need to do that again. I need to start the ball here, or or push it on this step in, in lieu of this other step. You know, and sometimes a split second makes a difference. Okay, Joey, and we have an email here. Which, by the way, if you have a question for the show, above one eighty at gmail dot com. So it's above one eighty at gmail dot com. And this email comes in and it says, Joey and Tim, I'm an average bowler looking to improve. So I believe your podcast will help me a great deal. So do we, I guess. Uh, it says, I bowl two nights a week, one on a house pattern and one on a sport certified condition. On the house pattern, I average 190. And on the sport pattern, I'm at 178. Which is only about 12 pins different. Why is it that I hear some people, typically, your guys averaging over 220, will average 220, but only 190, 180 on a sport pattern. Keep up the good work. And that's from Don in Nashville, Tennessee. Very interesting point he brings up here because... I also have noticed that there's certain people, there's that hot, you know, that higher end or, or supposedly higher end bowler who's averaging 220, 225, and you get them on a sport pattern and they're barely breaking 170 or 180. Well, exactly, Tim. And, and you know, it, it's an average that we're looking at here. And let, let's take two examples. Let's take a power player who's, say, a 350 to 400 rev rate. He can hook the lane, never had a problem, uh, you know, covering boards. On a house condition, he can play left of the oil line, and he'll have hold and swing area and probably average 220, providing he's reasonably good. Now you put him on a flatter pattern where accuracy plays more of a part as opposed to power, and he may start leaving more Greek churches, washouts, his spare game may go to pot, and all of a sudden he's down to 180, 190. Now bowler two, a straighter player, very accurate, not a lot of power, uh, can hit one or two board area shot after shot and is a great spare shooter. On the house shot, he doesn't have quite the power to, to average 220, so he'll average, say, 200. You put him on a tough shot, since he's accurate and doesn't cover a lot of boards, he's not going to be at an extreme disadvantage. He might average the same. In fact, we've had some bowlers average higher on our sport conditions than on house shots. Well, and that's uh, one of the things, you know, one of my goals over the last five years since I've, you know, really trying to take the game a little more serious is I don't like bowling on, on your house patterns because I think it puts me at a disadvantage because I'm not the first guy you mentioned with the 400 rev rate. I'm the second guy who plays a little straighter, can, can usually hit my, my mark on a consistent basis, makes my spares for the most part. And I'm not going to get as many doubles and turkeys as them because I might leave a, a, a flat corner pin where they're getting the, you know, head pin messenger across, and that adds up in, in league play. So I'd much rather, so to speak, level out the playing field against them and, and just bowl on the sport patterns because it also, frankly, makes you a better bowler. Well, it makes you a better spare shooter. It, it makes you a better bowler in that you're you're exposed to a condition where you need to hit a target and repeat shots and primarily because you're you're seeing more honest feedback uh, the, the lane doesn't hide your mistakes like a house shot regarding uh, which i prefer to bowl on uh, personally i enjoy bowling on both because when you're on an easy house shot or let's call it a so-called easy house shot where there's oil in the middle dry outside it's not always easy because you can see an extreme amount of oil inside the oil line and extreme amount of friction in the dry. They can be touchy. 
You know, just because they're designed to be high scoring doesn't mean they're always high scoring. And on your tougher conditions, um, most of the sports shots our league bowls on, at least in the house we're at, you can play them outside, uh, first, second, third, fourth board. And I'll tell you, that does help the non-power player create a stronger angle of entry into the pocket. It's actually pretty fun and exciting. Well, it's funny because, like I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, when I was bowling on my Tuesday night league, I had the same thing where we bowled last week and I shot 690, which I was happy with, even though I still kind of questioned whether it was the full highway to hell pattern. And this week it was a uh, supposed the same shot again. Um, but there were some issues before the league that the house had. And I came out there and shoot almost over 100 pins less. And you're right, it was tougher because the heads heads dried up on us. So, we, ha- I mean, I had to move further left than what I know I get comfortable at and, and get the ball back to the 1-3, and it was hard for me to carry and get it through the head. So I agree with you. There are certain house patterns that can get a bit tricky. Well, exactly. And, you know, the whole concept of, of sport bowling, and, and we kind of initiated this thing about 12 years ago in, in a league in Milwaukee here called the Flat Earth World Team Challenge League, is basically to expose bowlers to lane patterns they didn't typically see and help expand horizons of lane play. In other words, some bowlers have a comfort zone, say between 8th board and 12th board. They can't go right of 8, they can't go left of 12 because they just don't feel comfortable. What sport bowling can do, since the lane conditions are so diverse, is help or force bowlers to learn to play different parts of the lane and before long, you feel equally as comfortable playing down board two as you do down board seven or across board 15 or as deep as fourth arrow. And, and then the whole the world is your oyster, Tim, because there's no longer a uncomfortable zone you won't play. Oh, exactly. I agree completely. And, and just by one of the things I noticed in bowling on the sport patterns is you're right I, I was a straighter player but still had a problem getting outside in that two three four range and now I'm getting to where that's a comfortable zone for me to still not my a game so to speak but an area that I can play right but but don't you find that the game is more exciting and and more of a challenge and more fun when, when you're not limited to just a, a small area on the lane oh exactly I totally agree and Joey, unfortunately, we've run out of time for another episode of the Above180.com podcast. Joey, good luck and good bowling this week. Well, thank you, Tim, and uh, we'll talk soon.